Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, here we are, Super Bowl Sunday. One of the greatest holy days of our secular society. Yet today, I don't know about you, but me, I'm cheering for the Eagles. That's right, I said the Eagles. Not the Philadelphia Eagles, I know they're not playing. No, the Super Bowl contestants are who? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and some team from up north someplace. Oh, the Kansas City Chiefs, says Denise. Having gone to, to seminary in Missouri, I am kind of partial to the Chiefs, but I'm, I'm still cheering for the Eagles. Confused? Good. It was intentional this time. Our readings today talk a lot about, in some ways, energy. Not the kind of energy you'd find in a football stadium with cheering fans as their team scores a touchdown, which probably might happen today. But instead, the kind of energy you might find on the field with the players the coaches and the staff. You see, it's one thing to be in the stands or to sit on the couch and cheer on the warriors of the gridiron who are in the midst of the fray. I mean, after all, we, we yell, we scream, we cheer, we laugh, and we cry. And that's just for the commercials. But on the field... On the field, the players are bloodied and battered. They have had success and they've failed. They've fallen behind and they've rallied. They've disappointed their fans. And sometimes they've made them proud. Yet all of this has made them into what they are. A team. They utilize one another's strengths and compensate for each other's weaknesses. If only the church could be like that. If only we could share our weaknesses, celebrate our successes, endure our failures, and learn to work better together. Wouldn't that be great? Think of the camaraderie, the forgiveness afforded one another as though we fail. We're all working towards the same goal. St. Paul, Paul kind of talks about that this morning. He told us that the athlete disciplines his body. He trains hard. He goes all in. So that when the competition begins, he's ready. He lays it all out there and either succeeds or he fails based on his own effort. Paul was talking about sharing the gospel in particular. He says he has no choice but to preach Christ. And since that is his God-given task, he and we should train hard. We should be here in this place, hearing God's words proclaimed and applied to us and to our world. We should receive forgiveness through God's gifts of the sacraments. We should pray, not just on Sunday, 
We should pray without ceasing. And we should study with daily devotion, but even more importantly, with our brothers and sisters in Christ whenever we get the chance. Especially since we're all on the same team striving for the same goal. Isaiah, on the other hand, has a different competition in mind, kind of. The obstacles he speaks of are from a people who feel abandoned by their coach. They feel that the coach is more than just not calling the plays, he's not even on the field. The Israelites had felt that their God had abandoned them. Have you ever felt that way? They had turned to idols and to false gods, to superstitions and to myths. I guess they aren't unlike us. Too often when things are hard, that's when God feels the most distant. And when things are going good, well, that's when we are the most distant from Him. The people of God, who Isaiah is speaking to, they've endured much hardship. Israel had been assaulted by the Assyrians, and Judah had bombarded, been bombarded by Babylon. Some of their people had been carried off into exile. Some had been slain. Their homes, towns, and cities pillaged, ransacked, and destroyed. Where was God? Why isn't He helping? What's going on? Isaiah makes it pretty clear in our reading today. God is exactly where He is supposed to be. He is helping. These nations are being destroyed because they had had it good and they had left God behind. They didn't need Him when their fields were bountiful and the harvest plentiful. They didn't need to turn to Him when all was well. Instead, what did they do? They neglected Him. They chased after their own prosperity, their own comfort. They took advantage of the poor and the destitute. They have put aside the things of God, the things like love and forgiveness, helping your neighbor and serving God. They had turned from God and chased after false gods, gods that suited their, their lusts and greed. God, through His prophets, had warned them. They did not listen. So God gives them over to their lusts, their greed, and their complacency. They're nothing like the athlete or Christian that Paul describes. They were lazy, selfish, and out only for themselves. There was no self-discipline or desire to do the things of God or to serve their neighbor. So for over a century, the Assyrians and Babylonians had laid waste to the land of God's people. Now they cry out to Him. And He seems so far away. Their situation feels dire. And they need relief. Not too much, unlike many of the things that we face. Unrelenting pain. 
continued illness, financial hardship, global plague, ongoing isolation, political and social unrest, varying degrees of persecution, an increasingly atheistic and pagan society, a culture that cheers for the murder of the unborn children and the flaunting of deviant lifestyles. We see all of this and we grieve. We endure our suffering and our hearts are heavy. We want relief. We find no relief. We want peace. But there is no peace. But here's one of the wonderful things about our God. You know that saying, God won't give you more than you can handle? It's fooey. Don't believe it. There is so much we can't handle. That's why we turn to Him. That's why we have brothers and sisters here on our team to cheer us on. Even Peter, St. Peter, walking by Jesus' side, having been handpicked to be a disciple, hearing Jesus preach and watching Him heal, even he needed God's help. St. Peter wasn't exempt from the pains of this world any more than you and I are. His mother-in-law was sick and in desperate need of healing. God didn't prevent her suffering, but He got her through it. Jesus healed her. That doesn't happen for everybody. That's why we call them miracles. But God is the God of all people. Pastors and parishioners, kings and peasants, rich and poor, healthy and infirm, young and old, common and famous. And yes, He is even the God of mother-in-laws. Peter is grateful. God never says the pain won't come. The suffering won't be persistent. The threats may never subside. He never says the pandemic won't be hard. But what he does say is that he is God of all of it. And unlike the athlete on the field or the parishioner bent in prayer, he does not grow weary. He is vigilant. He knows what's happening. He is not surprised. In fact, through Christ, he has the winning play in mind. In case you're wondering, it's not a Hail Mary. Instead, it's a, it is finished. It is finished. Listen to Isaiah again. Just the last part of our reading this morning. Because he, like me, he cheers for the eagles. Have you not known, he says, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. 
Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That last little bit is my confirmation verse. So it's a verse that I've carried with me and pondered many times. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How many times do we feel weary and ready to faint? Ready to give up? Wait on the Lord. Wait on Him. Continue in your training. Everyone gets tired, weary, and worn out. And that is not just true for our physical bodies. Our faith also gets beaten and gets battered. Our trust in God gets bruised and bloodied. But those eagles, man, those who wait on the Lord, wait on Him. Renew your strength and mount up with wings like eagles. Whoever your Super Bowl team is, I'm cheering for you. I'm cheering for those who trust in God. Even when it looks bad, I'm cheering for the eagles. Those who wait on the Lord. Amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.